0: heights in Agadar that uh, have been of endless inspiration to me. But uh, briefly to summarize, what we spoke about last time, the, um, the need for one to be totally honest, life corrupts. And uh, the beautiful example of Shol HaMelech, vis-a-vis David HaMelech, they both expressed regret, but Davar regret was total, was full was complete and in that vote of the Rav on the words from the slichot, that is exactly the tragedy of the Jewish experience at this moment in time here we are uh, so many years after the Holocaust and so many years after reform and conservative Judaism come on the map secular Zionism comes on the map and what do we have? assimilation into marriage same sex marriages certain people are very big and they take off all their clothes and say we were wrong totally wrong should have never left Torah and all these ideals that we dreamt about with good intentions to remake the world, to conquer the world the grandchildren, the great grandchildren of all the founders of the state, of all the aliyah where are they today? What are their values today, even if they're living in Israel? and uh, But it takes a great person. Most people are not capable of that. Most people, even if they know they're wrong and they know they have problems, they're not capable. I have a story in uh, my work on the rub, where the rub tells the following story in Boston he told the story in New York because the story was about Boston you'll have to see uh, where I got it from I don't recall but it's a beautiful story where the Rav describes this man a European born bred properly comes to America he's now a grandfather distant from Yiddishkeit and he starts attending the Rav Sheyurim in Boston and he starts becoming close to the Rav and he tells the Rav In a moment of total candor and honesty, he says to the Rav, You know, Rebbe, I wish I could come back. I wish I could give up my lifestyle. I wish I could be again the Shema Shabbos I was in my youth. I can't do it. And the Rav says to him, Why can't you do it? So easy today. And he answers the Rav, my family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren will think I'm crazy. And that's what he answers thereof. And that's a perfect example of the difference between Shaul and between David HaMelech. And this is why Shaul remains Shaul HaMelech, lost in the dustbin of history. And David Melech is as alive for us today as if he never died. David Melech Yisrael Chayvakayim, with all that that implies, and and this is why the the Rav said so beautifully. We ended up last week, the the last time we met. That's why the vidu, after all we say and all we wish to express, but ultimately, That's the pesach of the Rambam, and 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 this is why in you know, our strivings in life. And I don't want you to ever forget what we spoke about, the Chut and what the Chut means. And, and unfortunately, it's so true. No one in life, only a child. I'll, I'll talk about that next week. A child, it's important that a child only know what Chut of tachlit of Shlemut. We pity the children who went through the Holocaust. Forget about the million and a half that were killed, and, even those that survived were scarred for life. What Hitler did, you know, we say 6 million. The truth is we should say 10 million, 11 million, 12 million. How many lives were affected? What type of life did a kid have during the Holocaust? A child to be healthy and normal has to have a childhood of of the Ramban, not the of Rashi. Then when we grow older, we can contend with the Tchelet of Shikul. You're reading me, Danny? I'm saying uh, this, is, this is the heart of the depth of life now. And, and, and this is what the Rav said. That in order later in life to achieve that Tchelet of the Ramban, you have to go through the Tchelet of Rashi. And you need resilience. And, and see, this is where I always have my heartache with Meekahana. I'll spell it out now. He had a terrible experience in Howard Beach. He was I told you he was the rabbi, a young rabbi, knew Mayor, I mean intimately we were he was my Madrich, he was my Rosh Ken, I was the skan Rosh Ken under him. I mean we were I, what can I tell you? He's one of the one of the the main people I think of in my childhood that influenced me was Meir Kahana. And here he goes in, I was then learning with the Rav, you know, we're not in an age, we're about uh, five years apart, I uh, six years apart perhaps, five years apart. But then he goes in and he's learning. I'm learning with the rubber ready around the clock. And he already has smicher. He's uh, he's in Howard Beach. And he has that terrible experience. He's making, excuse me? No, no, no. Make honor is a mere yeshiva. He studied in Mir and went to Brooklyn College. He was a Brooklyn boy. And um, he goes into the rabbinate. And they f- it was a new shul, I mean, I, I, uh, you have no idea how it be shul, later m- my classmate becomes the rabbi, later the Howard uh, uh, Safra, the Raphael Safra, if the name means anything to you. He later gets involved with Hechsheirim, the tablet K, it was a famous story, they fired him, it was an embarrassment to the shul already, it's a from shul today, and, and he was giving Hechsheirim that were worthless, and the B- balabatim fired him and he went to court, and the court ruled in favor of the shul, not in favor of the rabbi, that a rabbi's main responsibility is to the shul. And not to be out there making uh, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in Hechsheirim. But uh, that's the shul, it was a it was shul that was on the map for different reasons many decades later. So uh, um, I, uh, Mayer is at then the shul was conservative, and Mayor was making the kids room and they fired him. And Mayer never had the resilience to get over the traumatic implications of what happened. And that affects his whole subsequent life that he can never be a team player. And I cry because, to me, it's, an, it's a terrible thought, but we're the smartest people in the world, the Jews. It's a fact. We're the smartest people. Look at the Nobel Prize winners. Look look at Time magazine's uh, on their cover of the five most famous people of the 20th century. Three out of the five are Jewish. I mean, in, intellectually. And there's no, no, no question about it. We're the smartest people alive. That's one of the reasons that non-Jews, uh, some have, have, have en- 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 enmity towards us but we're so smart we're so smart and yet take a look how in the state of Israel we can't produce a prime minister that we can look up to of stature of leadership of greatness you might imagine a prime minister by this time with the Jewish people Can't do it. Menachem Begin was the last attempt, and he achieved it too late in life. He was already a broken man with heart trouble. Golda Meir, I have to say, was an issue, but nevertheless, she was marred by party politics. What she robbed for the party, not for her own pocket, what she took for the party, makes uh, Ari Derry look like a a choir boy in a church. That's an expression in English. You know, It makes him look like a church choir boy. But, but we can't produce. Like in this election, I'm voting Netanyahu, but I have to tell you, I'm not voting, I'm voting, I'm voting, you understand, Barak turned into an anti-Torah person, that's indescribable, Mordechai is, has as much uh, ethical, uh, moral uh, uh, responsibility, as a dead Chinese coolie, who was assassinated by Mel Zidane. And uh, so I'm voting for Netanyahu, but it's an amazing thought, that, but you see, Mayor could have been that person. But you have to be a team player. You have to see a leader has that one hand, has to be Moshe Rabbeinu above the crowd, and on the other hand, you have to deal with the Hamon Bnei Yisrael. Now, when Moshe couldn't deal with them, I heard this from the Rav, when Moshe couldn't deal with them anymore, when he lost his temper, that's when his life ends. You understand? The Meim is not so much a sin as indicative of the Rebbe's inability to relate to his Talmud. So, thought I heard it from the Rav, the day we got speaker. We had a we had the only... Smich class in history. I look back now. that Ashkharer prudet. You know, generally there's a smich every three years, four years. Then the yalkut is going to get going to wear a, 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 a high hat and David and whatnot. Maybe they'll remember to invite me to the zchagah smichal. They remember they had a rebbe in Israel. It would be a miracle every year. but we wanted to invite you. Tell the authorities that be you had a rebbe. You want them to be invited and be part of it. What's the difference? Doesn't matter. I'm big enough to live with or without it. But anyway, uh, so there's a zchagah every three years, four years. That year, in nineteen sixty-one, there was a kabbalat panim for the musmachim of that year. It's minishe because that's when that picture was taken, where I'm sitting right next to the rav to prove in my work on the rav. When others will try to say Rakheved, he never learned by the rav, he never knew the rav. What are you talking about? I have a picture. It was taken that day. Was the day the rav gave the drasha on a rebbe who can no longer relate to his Talmudim and it's a Meredith drasha, and 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 this is the gauntlet of leadership. But you can't achieve the Chut of Tchelet of the Ramban without going through the agony of the Chut HaTchelet of Rashi. And and, and and this is what the rev said. Now, I'll go one step further on upon this before we move into Shlichot. Yeah? No, that's what we spoke about a few weeks ago. The Tchelet of Rashi represents suffering. Shikul Bechoret, Tichla, death. Frustration, illness, despair, righteous suffer—everything uh, that a Torah Jew goes through. We're mocked, we're laughed at. Uh, uh, leave out now heavenly matters, earthly matters, what we go through in life. What I spoke about last night with with, with Barak, with, with, with the with the on Shabbat. Barak didn't address it, but uh, but the on Shabbat to bust in. thousands of Russians that that eat Chaza and that they're the future and with hatred and enmity against Torah and Shaz and Haredim and I remember Haredim is a cold word I learned long ago it's a cold word it doesn't matter if you're wearing a black kippah or a kippah srigah when someone walks into this room he hates you two guys equally he doesn't look at the kippah anymore he hates the three of us and so I'm saying I learned that already when they say Charedim, they mean me and they mean Brewerya, they mean Kiyat Moshe, they mean Merkaz Faket, They hate us more because we're a threat to them. We're Zionists We live in the land. We care about the land. We serve in the army. Imagine they, they, they came out. There are too many religious officers in the army. Some office, I mean, it's unbelievable. Instead of making a Shechiyanu that we live to see Yeshiva boys integrate within the Israeli army, there are too many religious officers in the army. So uh, uh, this is this this is uh, this is this is the tichla. This is the frustration. This is the heartache. And unless you've experienced it, you cannot rise to the treilet of Shlomit, of the Ramban, of of, of of Shemayim and Rikia. Everything I spoke at the Gemara and Menachat, the Ramban. Everything he spoke about weeks ago. Yes, David. Relax, relax. Let me let me teach Torah now. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. The is completeness, shleimut, tachlit, kolel hakol. The heavens, the earth, the firmament, the land, everything blends into one. It's beautiful. And and uh, and it's only only when we can put on a talit, only when we can kiss the tzitzit, only when we can appreciate the treilos, that's when we can rise. And the rav said, take a look when we talk in the Torah when we begin. When you say the Shema, Lahavat Hashem Elokeichem Uli Avdo Bechol Lev Avachem U Bechol Nafshichem Dvarim Yud Pasuk Yud Gimel How do you refer to God? Lahavat Hashem Elokeichem Distant Guf Shlishi Third person. Afterwards, when you put on the Tzitzit and reach the Pasha Tzitzit and you put on the Tzitzit and Ra'oni, then, how does God speak to us? Hashem It's a different relationship already. It's the most closer relationship. It's already Gufri Rishon, Guf It's no longer Guf and you have to need the Tchelet. That's the lesson. That's the message. That's the insight. That's the guidance. And the whole relationship of Akkadish Baruch Hu changes if you can climb that ladder and master the message of Tchelet. And finally, the Rebbe said, and he quotes the Gemara in Shabbat. It's a famous Gemara. Mm-hmm. Shabbat of Chafrei Omed Bet. Kach hayam Hagosh Reb Yehuda Shabbat, may even may vim loareva malea chamim virochets panov yadavir aglav, umita tev vioshev besadinin hametsuyat sin vidome la malach hashem tzvakot. And the rubber asked a simple, simple question. Look at the Gemara. Babbatri shown, first glance. Intuitive reaction. What is uh, the Gemara telling us? The Gemara is telling us how to get ready for Shabbat. I have to wash and bathe and get dressed. All right, all of us do that. It's covered. Keep it v'yonek. Everyone understands that. But the Gemara adds one word. V'yoshayv b'sadinin Why did the Gemara stress that sits it? We can wear tzitzit all week. Tzitzit has nothing to do with Shabbat. There's no... The Kiem of tzitzit is the same qiyam on a weekday Monday or on a weekday Tuesday, exactly like the same qiyam of tzitzit on Shabbat. You understand? What is the Gemara saying here? And the Gemara throws in, sadinin v'yoshev Vidomeh, and then the Gemara says Hashem And the Reb said something beautiful. He said the Gemara is giving us a, a, a much more basic message. It's not only, it's not just the message of Shabbat here. The Gemara is saying something much deeper. What does Shabbat represent? Shabbat represents the break with the cholin, the break with the weekday like I said yesterday, that Baba Vachasid, who uh, can't wait for Shabbat to come. Baba Vachasid speaking, I'm referring to the t- that the video on a, a movie, A Nation Apart, right? A people apart, a people apart. So, Nomi Amsel, Rabbi Dr. Norm so my student, lent it to me. And I was overwhelmed by the beauty. Of course, it was put out, one of the producers was a Vachasid himself, which... Uh, explains why the movie had such insight it was interesting one of the producers was the son of a reformed rabbi and the other producer was this chassid, and they really produced a beautiful, beautiful piece of work and and you see this chassid with such a shmeichel I mean, this is the chassad I was telling you about when his parents make the engagement for him he said, look, my mother picked the kala. I went back to the yeshiva. I figured, you know, life will be the same. So I'm getting married. So what? Of course, now it's eight children later. And, and he had to have a profession. But uh, but he says how he has to have Friday already. He must get ready for Shabbat. This is his return to his spirituality. And this is what Shabbat is all about. The recharging of the battery. What we spoke about earlier this year, I believe. We spoke about it this year, right? Yom Kodesh v'yom Chol. It's running away from the maddening crowd, from the maddening pace of life, running away from the newspapers and the TV and the radio and the, and the monetary pressures and the spiritual pressures and the temporal pressures, and you're coming back to the true facts of life. If that's the case, what is more proper to wear than the treylet? What can give us a greater message of what Shabbat is all about, what withdrawal is all about, what Simpson is all about, then the Tchelet. And this is why the Gemurrus dresses, he washed his face and his hands, he put on he put on his clothes, he got ready, but above all, he put on the Tchelet, he put on the Talit Hametzu Yetzet. And at that moment already, when you've taken off the fig leaves, when you're putting on a proper Begid, when you're wearing the talit, when you're wearing the Tcheilet, when you understand its message, at that moment you're ready like kabel Shabbat. And as the Gemara says, v'domeh le'malech Hashem tsefakot. So even that Gemara from Shabbat, the Rav D'ashin so beautifully how it fits in with everything we're saying about pshita HaBagadim, Coming back to truth, rising above the roar of life and Einhachinami. From the point of view of Tzitzit, Shabbat is no more important than a Monday or a Tuesday. From the point of view of the message of the Tcheilat, there's no comparison. On a Monday and Tuesday, we're rushing, we're running, we're sinking, we're shouting, we're yelling, we're overwhelmed on a Friday slash Erev Shabbat, Shabbat mode, at that moment, our minds are ready. Shir HaShirim. Ani Dodi v'dodi li. Yudid nefesh af harachaman. Eila The Jew is ready. He can accept the message. He now can think. And he can comprehend from that point of view... Sitzit Friday afternoon is a little bit different than Sitzit on Monday and Tuesday. Okay, this is the first point ending off what we started with a few weeks ago. I just want to comment on something that came up um, last night with the the Yorah HaShulchan. And I thought of this later and it's very true and I just want to mention it. It shouldn't be lost and forgotten. Uh, I made the point that the Yorah HaShulchan... I heard this from many, Gedoli Israel was probably the last example of the classic shtot rav as we knew him in, in, in Europe before the 20th century. A man who was a rav, a posek. this was his whole life, and answering sheilat and this was his tough kid in life, and he sat and learned and wrote and answered sheilat. there was no other involvement in life. And he was the last classic example. And uh, we spoke about Rabbi Moise Grzynski. And at dawn upon there's me a, there's a difference we didn't say yesterday. And it's a very interesting difference. You see, by the dawn of the 20th century, Rabban were drawn into politics. The nature of the game was they had to take stands and they were pressing issues and political issues. The Arach HaShulchan was the last example of a Rav who was unaffected by the maelstrom of life. This is also true. The Pchaim was Takah the Rebbe Vilna. He was a post Mufak. He was also a political leader, the head of Agurat Yisrael. He was involved in the endless controversies of the day. Even Vilna itself got involved in unbelievable controversy following World War I when the city appoints Rabbi Yitzchak Rubenstein to be the official chief Rabbi Vilna. You know what I'm talking about? The city was shaking. It leaves, it leaves that controversy, still leaves an imprint in Torah history until this very moment. So you see, there there is f- big differences between the last Rav of Nevada in that sense, the Arach Nebuchadnezzar a Shetat Rav. This was what a Rav was and what happens afterwards. And Hev Reb who's probably the last example of a focal spiritual authority who is not a Rosh Hashiva, not a Hasidic Rebbe, but even he already was caught up in the modern era and Vaharaya, look in his own city, there was so much opposition to him. Uh, yes, what's up, David? No, know. no, in other words, what I meant what I meant by the term Shtutrav that he was the Rav of an of an elegant community and his only task was to be the rav, the paskin sheila. That's what the community expected of him. That's what he devoted his life to. And he, and, and he was able to learn and write and paskin. And, and it was a world unaffected by the storms around it. Is that right, essentially, that was the heart of the test. The heart of his test, the essence of his existence was to be the posseg for the greater Nevada area. Right, exactly, exactly. This is what I said. And then by the 20th century, the whole world has shifted. There were no rabbis of shuls. Who says there were rabbis of shules? What shuls had rabbis? Whoever heard of rabbis of shuls in Europe it was unheard of. In Germany, you had rabbis of shules. Then when you become westernized, you start emulating the church. The church has a priest and you have a rabbi. In America, the first orthodox Shules had rabbis it was unheard of. The ruff comes to Boston as rabbi of a shul. He comes to Boston as as, as whatever that meant at that time. You understand? In America, they try to emulate the old European concept, but of course it fell away. And today, at this moment of time, we've reached a point, including Israel, where the main authority is in the hands of Rashi Yeshiva and Hasidic Rabbim. So, Rashi yeshiva, is... yeshiva in Europe, when you begin with, there wasn't a Rosh who wasn't the Shtat Rav. In other words, the Netziv was Rosh Yeshiva of v- Volashen, v- and he was the Rav of Volashen. Rav Chaim Volashen was the Rav of Velashin and the Rosh There's no such concept as a Rosh Yeshiva who wouldn't be a Rav of a Shtat, who was unheard of. And gradually, the whole mantle of power shifted. Today it would be unheard of. Could you imagine Rav Moshe Feinstein would be Rav of a city? It's impossible. And if it, Moshe would be possible, could you imagine today's generation of Rashi Yeshiva? It's not Shayach. They're Rashi Yeshiva. They're not, the, they're, they're not Rabbanim that can deal with, 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 with city, will, will be involved with the whole city and problems and, 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 and politics. They're Rashi Yeshiva. And it could be the demands of life as such in order to build Yeshiva and finance Yeshiva. Today, the, 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 the Rabbanim, uh, who are Rashi Yeshiva, Zalichut, Zalichut. But the whole rabbinate has changed. The whole rabbinate has lost prestige. The, you don't find the Doli Yisrael in the You Understand, there's the whole, there's like a benign attitude. If he's a practicing rabbi, if they say he's a Talmud Chacham, it's the greatest compliment in the world. But you never heard anyone yet should say that this was a will be Yisrael. The last example in America of the one who broke the rules of the game was Reb Leza Rabbeinu Silber Taka was a shatdrav who rose above it and achieved prominence and influence. But generally speaking, today the rabbanim rate lower on the scale of Torah values than a Rashishiva than even a Hasidic Rebbe, and even a minor Hasidic Rebbe, uh, the Rashi Yeshivas and the Ma'in, the great Hasidic Rabbis certainly have endless power, prestige, and influence. And Israel, in that respect, has followed America. You see, when you talk about Rav Kook, Rav Cook as as the as as the chief rabbi, he had this was Rav Kook, Rav Kook was Rav Kook, Rav, Rav Herzog, then Rav Unteman. But later on, it, it see Rabbi Gorin already was caught up in controversy. He was a going idea, but personality-wise, he wasn't mattem for the Chief Rabbinate. Rabbi Lau already is a fabulous representative of the Rabbinate, but he's not. He's not considered one of the Gedolim of Israel. You understand? It's, it's it's a different. Rabbi Lau, believe me, on the American scene would have the largest. Orthodox position available. He is the most capable in speaking in human relations, and he and he, and he knows what to say, and he says it well. So it's a different ballpark. But on the other hand, if it comes to issuing a pshaka, if Rav Laal doesn't have the backup of the Russian yeshiva, it's not it's not going to carry much weight. And uh, and the world has shifted gears. Listen, it's not a value judgment. It's like I say all the time. I I can call your attention as a as a historian. I can call your attention to the shifting of gears. I'm not saying one is better, one is worse. You understand? It's the same thing with Y.U. Rabbi Lamb is Rabbi Lamb. He's, he's in a different uh, gestalt than Rabbi Belkin or Rabbi uh, or Rabbi Rabel. There's no two ways about it. It doesn't mean one is worse or one is better. It's a reflection of the times. But this is where we're at today. Excuse me? Yeah, of course, because rupture and reconstruction calls man, you had shtat rabbonim and you had the living Masora, it was a different way of life. When, you, when all this is destroyed, then the printed word becomes much more important than, than the oral tradition. And this is where Rav feels the Mishnah Brura already represents the start of the, of the rupture. That people need a volume, and it has to be spelled down, and this and that. I mean, what a, who, many Shaddas in the Mishneburah a, a, a hundred years ago? weren't the Shiley. You look what your father did, what your mother did. What's the Shiloh? You look what your Zayda did, you look what your neighbors did, you look what they did in the Shiloh. But once we lose the living connection, you start after counting up Achronim and Akronim do this. Or another example is like my son-in-law, Rebkai Meissen. He lives like the Vilna go. Where does he come to the Vilna Gaon? He ever saw the Vilna Gaon? He ever saw Vilna? He's of Hungarian origins. Where does he come to? I'm, I'm from Vilna. But uh, he adapted the Vilna because there's no family tradition already. It's lost in Flatbush. It's lost before Flatbush. So, he now reseeks something where it's no longer the mimetic tradition of what he saw, but rather the written tradition. And he has a tremendous collection of volumes on the gone, and they will tell you what the gone did here, and the gone did there, etc. I don't live that way. I live, I, I told you more than once, I, I'm filled with contradictions. I know many things that my rebbe did, I don't do it. Why? Because I didn't see him do it. I know, it, for instance, he took two months at the Seder. And believe me, intellectually, two matzad, hal, in, in halachic intellectual, you understand what I'm saying? is much more meaningful to take two than to take three. Well, if there's a din of lechem only, what is three? Three matzahs is meaningless. There's a din of lechem mishnah. If there's a din of lechem oni, it has to be within those two matzahs, not to take a third matzah and break it. Tagong's absolutely right. My rabbi's absolutely right. I do like Klal Yisrael. I can't change. All my life I was taught three months at the time I was in kindergarten. Cohen, Lady Yisrael, al they taught. that's why you take three months. I can't change. What I saw the Rav do with my own eyes, I do like the Rav. I stand for Kriyat HaTorah. I, mayika dinya. you don't have to stand. We don't paschal like Marami Ruttenberg. It's only a day you're in the Rama. I can find all types of terim for sitting. I saw the Rav stand. I never saw him sit. Baruch Hashem, I'm young, I'm healthy. I can stand, I've stood for Kriya Torah since the day I entered the Rav Shir, probably before already, because I swam in the base Medjish and everyone wanted to emulate the Rav. You understand what I'm saying? So I already have a bit of the mimetic tradition within me, plus beyond that. But uh, the whole Baal Tshuva movement and our whole lack of confidence, this is Reb Chaim's point, we we. Totally forgot the mimetic tradition and mimic, mimetic. He coined the word. I never, I don't even know if the word exists in, 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 Webster's Unabridged, but I think I looked it up. I couldn't find it. But he coined the word. The word is now accepted all over the world. Rabchaim has been lauded and declared a king in all intellectual circles. He is, it's very fascinating what he says and it's, there's a lot of truth to it. It's, but, but, but that's why we now go to the text. We're text oriented. we Chapan a Rebbe. You understand? we Chapan the Vilnagon. But, when the world was yet normal, I come back to what I said yesterday, and then I want to move further. When the world was yet normal, probably the last example of a real shtat rav was the Yerach He was Sheik Mola Mayla, and, and this is why Rav Henkin and others was so much of the That's a posseg. That That's a rav. That's an approach. And they were him to the point that where he differed with the Mishnah Brewer, they posthum like, like the Rakhashulchan. Although there's no two ways about it, the Mishnah Brewer conquered the world and many of you have been raised in a world where the Mishnah Brewer is like the Posah All I can tell you is that if we raised the Mishnah Brewer with the Rav, he wasn't overwhelmed by the Mishnah Brewer. In other words, his attitude, he was born before the Mishnah Brewery. And as someone was saying, he was born as if to say before the Mishnah Brewer conquered the world. So if you raise the mishnah with him, may he say. level, It didn't move the rev any. You understand the mishnah was putting together shita. this not that? But the London stood. You know the rev approached it entirely differently. Okay. Now let's 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 start moving into Shlichot adam. We won't finish it today, but uh, we we and, and it's just overwhelming here. And you'll have a lot out of this. Uh, for all the generations to come, for whatever you be doing in life, whatever you be teaching Torah. Now, how do we know? How do we know that a person can achieve this? Understand when we talk about pshita tabagadim, and and pulling off the veneer of falsehood and 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 separating from the masses and what is popular. How can we achieve how do we know we can achieve this? Who can be on such a madrega And how do you know? How do you know when you have to do it? How do you know you're big enough? And how do you know when? And let me begin. There's a Gemara need, it's a famous Gemara. I'll deal with this Gemara, I'll spend I'll spend a lot of time in this Gemara. Need the Lamir Ahmed Bet. Ba Piv ko ha-Torah kula. Ve'yeno yotzei misham ad shem ashpimoto shenema the pasik nishayochu memchei pasik kof gimel ki li tichra koberach tishpah kol and the Gemara says ki li tichra koberach ze yom ha-Mita shenema and it calls the pasuk in tichilam chafet pasuk lamet lefanov yichruhu kol yerdei ofa kolashon Zehaleida Shenema and they quote the Pasuk inti Hilim Khaftalit Pasuktalit Naki Kapimu Vale Lava Shalona Salah Shavnaf Show Velo Nishpa Lamima. So that's the first part of the Quran. The Grammar is saying that uh, what's the kid doing? What's the embryo what's the embryo doing in the mother's womb for nine months? He's learning Torah. The angel is teaching him Torah. When you're about to be born, the angel comes along, touches your lip. This is why our lip is bent in. And at that moment, we forget all the Torah. That's the first part of the Gemara. I I just want to ask a question now. This is axiomatic. What's the Gemara teaching us? What's the Gemara saying here? What's going on here? Child is learning Torah. Angel comes along, touches you, you forget the Torah. Miman of Shach. If the if the angel taught you Torah, why should he make you forget it? And if he makes you forget it, what need was there to teach you all the Torah? It's a wonderful question. Either or Miman of Shach. And of course, I heard from the Rub, and it's not just the Rub, but uh, Many have said it. Gershon, you know what this Gemara is telling us? It's a magnificent Gemara. What the Gemara is telling us, that observing Torah is something indigenous to the Jew. We all have that innate ability. It's not beyond us. You see, when a person's body is developing in the mother's womb, rabu, rabbi Hashem You're developing the ability to eat, to drink, to sleep. The sexual ability. All that, to think. All that is already in the womb. God forbid if a child doesn't have these abilities, he'll be born abnormally. Something will be lacking. He'll be deformed. We spoke about that yesterday in a totally different context. In addition to the ability to eat, to drink, to sleep, etc., you have the ability to study Torah, to love Torah to learn Torah, to live Torah. It's innate. It's within our very blood. It's within our very physical slash physiological slash biological slash psychological slash mental makeup. All of us studied with the angel. All of us mastered everything. Why do we forget it? It's not that we forget it. If we would remember it all, there'd be no challenge in life. The challenge in life, look where you're at today. You went to elementary school, you went to high school, you went to college, you're now in graduate school. Challenge in life. If you were born, it's like being born wealthy. The greatest curse in the world is to be born wealthy. you know how many kids I saw whose lives were ruined because they were born wealthy? You know how I stand in awe of wealthy people who have good children? I know what these kids had to overcome. I stand in awe, absolutely stand in awe that I raised nice children Was the big kiddush. I starved. I didn't have money to put food in my table for Shabbos many times. Wealthy people I have a student. Spoke with me Saturday night. Calls me. The only one he talks with lower lane, 43. Nothing with nothing. Nothing with nothing. Brilliant. Not married, never held it. Why? His parents died, left him enough money to live on. He's not wealthy, but he has enough money that he can live to be 120 and never have to work a day in his life. He was an only child. It was the greatest curse that could have happened to this kid. Halavai, parents shouldn't have died, but if they died, they should have left him penniless. They should have given all their money away to Tzataka and left the kid penniless. He today would be a gon, a a professor. Whatever he wanted to touch, he would have succeeded so imagine you're born shas and By the way There were some kids born You know the stories. Kids were born That in knew wall of Shas It's unbelievable They, they took them to Gedoli Israel. It happened already here in the 50's They took to the Chazonish Gave a bracha Forget everything The worst thing in the world The Reb Kivei could tell stories I don't know how to explain it David Don't ask me black and white They, they, say, they say that the Malach Forgot to touch them I don't know No, but the Vilna Gaon wasn't born with the knowledge. We're talking about kids that their father would be holding on their lap and the father's learning a Gemara and a ten-month-old kid is reciting the Gemara word by word ahead of the father. You understand? The Rebbe Kivega writes about it. In his time there were some examples. And all the kids died young. And this kid, no one knows the kid's name until today. Of course, they went to the Chazanish and gave a bracha. Forget immediately. Could be the angel forgot. I don't know. Just like a kid is born. We spoke about it yesterday with six fingers with the simonim, with Say with See, Ken Zine, the angel forgot. The angels aren't perfect either. Ken Zine, I don't know. Talk about it next Monday. Talk about it next Monday, the angels. It's a meritic thing. What a magnificent Gemara. This is why, Balei chuva you see, people are overwhelmed from afar. Those of you that have dealt with, with, with the Jews that are afar people who are distant, oh, Shabbat, kashrut, Tarat, it's so difficult and you have to encourage them. No, it's not difficult. You have that ability. It's easy. It's a rhythm to life. You know how to breathe. The angel taught you all of Shas, but you had to forget it. Now you have to achieve it on your own. You have to strive. It's a Meridic Meridic thought. I heard this from the Rav in 1977 at the Yonsei Convention when I returned. But that's the Gemara that every child has that ability? So, all right, that explains the first part of the Gemara. I, I can't know what you are saying in, in the, Of course, of course, it's the same concept that it's not it's not beyond Jewish human capability. You understand? A guy, you can't expect the guy is a Balhana, Clinton. I mean, Goyim. Of course, there were exceptions among the Goyim too. According to our tradition, you see that they held from Plato and Socrates. They called Plato HaKodash. You understand? So you see that there was some Goyim. The Rav often spoke of Plato and Socrates. He even mentions once that he, when he talks about the relationship of Talmud and Rebbe, he says the Goyim don't have this concept. He said it could be that Plato and Socrates, that they were an exception. Even the Rav said this. I have it in my book. The Rav said this. So you see, but generally speaking, a guy can't live like this. His world is a world of pleasure and head and nay and olam hazeh, and the here and the now, there's little concern for the tomorrow. That's a guy, if you go, geisha mentality in England and Ireland and America and you travel and you see, even if they're pious, but it's a different type of piety. It's not a piety like a Jew that you're sitting here worried what's going to be a hundred years from now. I never yet saw a religious guy express his faith in those terms. But a Jew is a different Mahud, a different gestalt, a different understanding, a different lifestyle, a different commitment, with all that the goyim have the sheva mitzvot b'nei noach. And that's the Gemara. It's, it's indigenous to you. It's part of you. You don't have to worry that you can't achieve it. But It's, it was already part of you. It's, it's like the ability, it's, it's a reflex. It's like the ability to, to suck your mother's breasts, to nurse, like the ability to suck a bottle. It's, it's, it's part of you. It's a reflex. It's like you learn how to eat later. It's already in you from, from, from your, and being an embryo, the ability to swallow, to digest. You have that ability to master, call it So that's the first shot of the Gemara. Beautiful, it's beautiful. It's now it makes a lot of sense. I mean, otherwise, what do you mean? He spends so many months learning, and the Malach comes along and pinches him. And then he doesn't leave until they make him take an oath. And that oath is taken twice. But the one we're concerned with, at the moment of birth, you have to take a shvua. You have to take an oath at the moment of birth. Okay. So you take an oath. We're going to, The whole shit is gonna be based upon the oath. But we'll come back to that in a moment. And then the Gemara goes further. And this, by the way, is uh, Tanya, the first perk in Tanya deals with this. What is the Shvua that they make him take? Be it Tzadik and don't be a Russia that's the end of the Gemara so the Gemara asks what is does the Shvu? and again it's unbelievable the Gemara says you take Yeshua take Tzadik beautiful but then the Gemara continues and even if the whole world says that you are a Tzadik consider yourself a Russia what's happening here? what's happening here? what does it mean a shvur? how can you take a shvua? it's matne o masha katev can anyone tell me why? every human being wants the basis of human existence the basis of Torah existence the basis of shah v'yanish. we all have of Shit. what's going on here? Yeah. you take an oath, you're going to be a tzaddik you're not going to be a Russia. there's no need for you to be born no need for you to live there's no Yom Kippur for you. There's no Schavionish for you. Think for a minute. We all have the Khirach shit. What does it mean to hate Tzaddik, they Russia? No such thing. You have an absolute choice to be a Tzaddik, to be a Russia. And you take an oath. What do you want to uproot your freedom of choice? What's happening here? Not only that. What a terrible principle. What a terrible thought. It's the worst possible chinuch. Put a person down, it becomes self-fulfilling. The worst thing in the world you can do, and you you have many children. Not all children are equally bright. Not all children are equally smart. The worst thing in the world you can do is tell a child you're a dummy. You have no mind. You have no head. Why can't you be like your brother? It's the worst thing in the world you can do. Because from that moment on that child reaches the conclusion I am a dummy. I have no mind. No sense trying to study. It's the worst thing in the world. The same with the rabbi. You have Talmudim. Chas v'chalila you should Zero in on a Talmud and maledict him that he has no ability. And there are Talmudim. Talmudim vary. Particularly on on lower levels, on high school. There's no question. Talmudim vary. You have bright Talmudim. You have people that don't have that type of IQ. You have people who are not Matmidim. You know, it's an amazing thing in life. You have people who have lower IQs but have Hatmada. They ultimately achieve a lot more than the big shots with the high IQs who never devoted a moment to study. But the worst thing in the world the Rebbe can do is to put a Talmud down and maledict him and curse him out. And here it's an open Gemara that even if the whole world tells you what's tzaddik, heyeh necha kurasha. Okay. Let's begin. The shvur. Most difficult question of all. Why the Shvua? You have v'chirach you can take an oath from today to tomorrow that Hey Hey Russia, the oath is meaningless. It's Matna Mashra Torah, because God implanted within us all a and the And freedom of choice is not incidental, but it's the heart of Torah experience. Look in, look, look into the Rambam Shuvah. The Rambam calls it an Last night I had, a sh- I had a heart failure for a moment. <coughs> it had jumped from tape and we couldn't hear it play back. Then we put it back on tape. It was fine. Okay, back here. Uh, what's the Shvuah? How can there be a Shvuah? What good is the Shvuah? It's Matna Gadol. But the Rev said so beautifully no. The Shvuah here represents an entire different concept. The Rebbeinu Shalalim said to Moshe b'Mitzrayim, Shmot, Parikimul, Pasuk Yod, Lacha L'cha, VeAshlacha Charel Paro, VaHodsei Etami B'Nei Yisrael Mitzrayim. Look what's happening here. The Abishta, the, the, the Rebbeinu Shalalim, the don't call. They ain't so. Melech calls Hayolamim. Needs help. Needs a shliach. Needs a bus of Adam. Needs Moshe Rabbeinu. To go and take the Jews. Out of Egypt. And not only that. When you appoint a shliach. We have a klal in halacha. Shliach Adam Komoto. That the shliach. Has to be. Exactly like the person sending him, we learn it out from a pasuk. It's an open gemara, Kadushin mem aleph bet, and the gemara there learns out from the pasuk in v'amid bo yutchet pasuk kafchet came to rinu gamatem trumat hashem mikol maishadchem ashetekhu may ate b'nei yisrael. Kain is talking about trumat taking off the trumat miser. Kain Terimu gamatem. The Torah could have said Kain Terimu atem. Why the gam? The gam is extra. And the Gemara says Omakra, atem gamatem l'rabot et hashliach. No, who can you make a shliach? Who can you make a shliach? Gershon has fields up in Mavaseret Tzion, not Yiddish life. And he's busy. And he needs someone to go and take go off this Tumut Maishret so he finds a nice Gentile visiting from the south, a Baptist, a pious Gentile and he says, I'll make you a shliach, go take Tumut Maishret off for me. With all the good intention in the world, the Gentile can't do it because the Gentile's is not Jewish. This is the halach of shlichot. The shliach, has to resemble the Mishalayach. You can send a Shliach, but he has to be a Jew. The HaKadosh Baruch Gamatem is making a Shliach? What does this mean? You know what it means? That the Tzalem that's in every human being, gives him the ability to be the Shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Atem Gamatem, the Shliach, is created in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The human being is created in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every Jew and every human being beyond Jews, every human being, can be a shlich of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the whole purpose of creation, why people are placed in the world, is that we should rise above the crowd and be shlichim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Our lives should be exemplary. Our lives should display that we are messengers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, That the Tzalem Elohim within us unites with the Tzalem Elohim of the Borei Olam, Atem gam Atem, and we can be His And this is the way life begins. We have a mission in life, a goal in life. We are shlichim. We have a charge in life. We have a mandate in life. We are shlichim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Where do we have shlichot in the Torah? Where's the first example of shlichot? Where is it spelled out? Where is it written? Sefer bereshit Avraham Avinu gives Eliezer Avdo the most important task of all. Go and find a wife for my son Yitzchak. Do you realize how important the shlichot is? The whole future of the Jewish people Depends upon the shlichot. Rests upon the shlichot. What an important shlichot. And how does that shlichot begin? With an oath. With a shvua. B'reshit chavtalet. Pasigimu. Va'ashpiyocha ba'ashem elokeh ha'shamayin velokeh ha'aretz ha'shalotika chishalivni b'venot ha'knani. Asha anokhi yoshev v'kirbo. Take a look the way it begins. Va'ashpiyocha. He has to take an oath. Every shlichot begins with an oath. This is not an oath that takes away freedom of choice, that takes away Bechirach of shit, Chesfer but this is an oath that says, I recognize the seriousness of life. I recognize how important my task is in life. I recognize how crucial this task is that you assigned to me. I recognize that the future of the Jewish people depends upon my successfully finding the proper wife for Yitzhak Avinu. Every shlichit begins with a shmua. And this is why when a child is about to be gone, born, he takes a nose. It's not an oath to remove Bechir Achavshed. It's an oath whereby I indicate to Akkadish Barakhu that Selim alokim within me recognizes the seriousness of birth, the seriousness of my goals, the seriousness of my tasks. And it's indicative, like Eliezer Everett Abraham swore to Avraham, I will be loyal, I will be honest, I will be dedicated, I will be diligent, I will do everything in my power to fulfill the Shlichut. The human being says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I recognize. I am your shliach. And I will do everything I can. To be a proper shliach. That is why. He takes a shvua. And then. Life begins. And we succumb. We falter. We fail. We sin. When a person sins. This is. Not just a sin, but it's an abrogation of our mission, an abrogation of our shlichut, And that's what the Gemara means. This is what it means. The Gemara now is beautiful. You have a role to discharge, a task to discharge. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pure. Those that truly service Him are pure. Your soul is pure. If you keep it pure, wonderful. And if not, I will take it from you. And that's what the Gemara means. There's a message here that a person lives as long as he's fulfilling his shlichot. One for he's mechal el and a khalish who reaches the conclusion that no more good will come out of this person. The world doesn't need him. He will not improve the world. At that moment he ends life, ki tichra kol berech. Ze yom hamita. So you see, this shvua is a different shvua altogether. It's nothing to do with taking away our freedom of choice but it's a shvua we promise to strive to try to care to indicate that we recognize the seriousness of the challenge we recognize the sacredness of our mission we recognize that we are shlichim for Baruch and ultimately calls man that God feels we will yet fulfill the shlichut, we will yet achieve something we will yet climb the mountain he lets us live but when it reaches the point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels this soul has no more good to perform in this world, at that moment, God takes us away, shlichut is over. And every person can be the Shlich of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shlichet can only be something, we have a halachic cloud, Efshah l'kayma. What does that mean? I can appoint anyone in this room to be my shliyach, to buy a car for me, to buy a house for me, but I can never appoint anyone for the sake of an argument to be my shliyach, to go up to the moon and do something for me. It's impossible. It's a joke. It has no halachic validity. It has to be efshallah kaimah. And this was the only time at this moment in all my years of hearing the rav, where he quoted Rav Avram Yitzchak This was the only time. I never heard. I mean, I'm talking about quoting him in the middle of a drasha. And, he, and at this moment, he quoted Rav Kuk. He said there's a tremendous hapratet, that we live, that God gives us our souls to live at this moment in time, at this place. Did you ever wonder about that? Think of your great-grandparents' so much more pious. I look at pictures of my great-grandparents with beckishes and beards and payers. And yet they're not alive now. I'm alive. Because God knows that at this moment in time, your soul, you're going to be able to fulfill your shlichot. You're going to be able to at this moment in time, at this place in time, you're going to be able to do it. That's why you're there. And Rav Cook would explain in the vidui that we say on Yom Kippur Elochai, Ad shalona sati Ain't he What does that mean? Before I was formed, I was worthless. It's obvious. Before you were conceived, you were nothing. What does it mean? And Rav Cook would explain, Ad shalona sati Had I been born in an earlier period, I couldn't have fulfilled my shlichut." Now that I'm born in this period, I can't fulfill my shlichat. It's a thought. It's Rav Kook talking about himself. You understand? Rav Kook born a hundred years earlier would not have been Rav Kook. He would have been one of many Talmudic many one of many Volashinists. Rav Kook born at the time, he was living at the turn of the century, living at the time, Hayom Harat the world is being going through upheaval, all the isms. Zionism is now conquering the world. The return to Israel is beginning. The miracles are beginning. And there's Rav Kook. Rising above the crowd. Bridging between the old and the new. Bridging between the secular and the holy. Bridging between the elements of the Yishav HaYashan. And... The Yeshivah Hechadash, there's Rav Ad Sati, but that I was placed at this time, in this century. Look at the Rav. If he would have been alive at the time of Rab Chaim, he would have been another Rab Chaim. He would not have been the Rav. There wouldn't have been Boston and Maimonides and Yeshiva University. And, and the entire philosophical thrust of the Isha halacha and the lonely man of faith and the call of the Dofeik, that would never have been. He would have been a Rav Chayim, But the additional stunts would have been missing. And he's alive like Rav Kook. The world is changing. Poland, Warsaw, Berlin, Boston... New York. Gifts that will last as long as Jews will walk the face of the earth intellectually. Ad That God put me here because I can fulfill the shlichot. I can take that oath. I can be true. I can be loyal. And then Rav Cook went further. And nevertheless, a Jew should know as much as he can accomplish, as great as his holiness is, as deep as his loyalty is, to his Now that I have been created, it's like I haven't been created. Why? You will never achieve it all. As loyal as you are, as dedicated as you are, as totally involved as you are, as great as you are, with all the ability you have, can't achieve it all. Look at Rav Kook, until today, controversy. Opponents. Look into the Hari world, look at their attitude towards Rav Kook. Look into the Chiloni world, with all his influence. Nevertheless, secular Zionism has given birth to, to a secular Israeli life, which as every day goes by, has nothing to do with the roots of the Jewish people and previous generations. Rav Kook influenced many, influenced the whole movement of outreach, of learning, of modernity, of, of Torah and Zion and Merkas Harab and Yeshiva Hezda and Upanat and everything we have. But the influence didn't succeed entirely. Can't do it all. Look at the rav. How much influence. Look how much controversy remains. Look how many oppose the rav. Look how many who claim they understand them don't understand them. Look at this very moment in time. So much is being written about the rav. You don't know who the real rav is. You can't do it all. And that's a beautiful thought. Humility. One has to be humble. One has to accept defeat. One has to know how to withdraw. And one can never be overwhelmed by the lack of total success. ad No Jew, as great as he will be, as dedicated as he will be, as great as he will accomplish his shlichot, no Jew will achieve total success. Not Rav Cook, not the Rav, not the Lubavitch, Rebbe, etc. First, only time I heard the Rav called Rav Cook. We once asked the Rav, you know, that was a different story about Rav Cook, about an attitude. We discussed with the Rav, but never in a public lecture where he literally quoted different Torah from Rav Cook and dashing beautifully. I mean, until today, I have to tell you, I hope I have resilience. If I have resilience, I have it from here. Understand? I never allow lack of success to thwart me, you understand what I'm saying, you can't win it all, you can't, not everyone is going to think you, not everyone understands you, but but you have to go on, you have to move forward, you have to go further, you have to do honestly what you believe has to be done, what you believe has to be written, and you can't allow anyone else, you can't, don't allow yourself to have one illness that many lower lane who, who are out in the field have, to be all popular. A rabbi can't be all popular. It is impossible. A person of conviction of Hashkafa cannot be all popular. It's very important. You understand, you have to understand that. Yes, ki, if you were born before this time, you would accomplish nothing. But remember the second half. It's a of from rough cook And it gives me such inspiration throughout the year. That's why I I remain level-headed. Those of you who know me throughout the generations, the decades, Baruch Hashem, I remain solid and firm and strong. I don't don't allow the shifting sands around me to destroy me. And I don't want to be popular. I don't say things to be popular. I say what I believe. I have nachar. If you saw David Weinberg's article, I'll talk about it later. That's my student. That's Mamish, the follow-up. Of course, he's very sarcastic. It's satire. But it's the follow-up to the lecture that, uh, that David Blum heard me give at the, at the OU a month ago. And that's all you can. So it's not popular and people are not popular. And believe me, uh, Saul Berman is more popular in eleven. Popularity is not what a Rav has to seek, what a Rosh what, what a Talmud chakam you have a Shlichot, they have to be loyal to HaKadosh Baruch. As you understand that, as your Rebbeim taught you, I can't be different than my Rebbeim. This is what Torah Judaism is all about. I opened with debate, in my younger years would be former conservatives, so the conservatives, you know, after all, they came down. I say, listen, I am loyal to my Rebbeim, to my Rebbe's Rebbe, I can go back generations outside of my dress, I fit right in wherever I'll be. I said, what about you? And that always stumped them. You understand? My Shabbos was the same Shabbos that my great-grandparents lived in Eastern Europe. My, my, my Kashrut and my tarot mishpacha and my values and my davening and my learning. This is a Jew. There's a rhythm to life. Do you know what it means? a uh, mincha? I've used this in public. Just a mincha. No, they don't know. They don't know what mincha is. I said, this is the way a Jew lives. This is a concept that a Jew has. I said, shachris. It's the start of the day. Marav is the end of the day. But in the middle of the day, you have to grab a mincha. You understand? I said, this is being a Jew. When you understand what Sarain a Mincha means, you understand the heartbeat, the pulse of Judaism. It. Listen, Jews have good hearts. If you talk properly, you can open many. You can't accomplish it all. Achshav Shenotzati, Enikidai. Humility. Be humble. Okay. Let me go further. Uh, say that I can give many examples, but this guides me it guides me in life. Now let's go further. Well, I heard this I hear the rub's voice and it's an amazing I heard it in Yiddish. It's written out in front of me. I wrote it out in Hebrew you understand and I'm giving it in English but literally as I'm giving it, I hear the rub's voice in Yiddish speaking to me. I, I was a kid I was a, I was younger than you when I heard it I was. Ibigarash, ibigarash. Uh, over. Do you know Yiddish? Period. Uh, ibigarash. You know what that means? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. I don't know. How would you say it in Hebrew? Ibigarash. Ma ma ma. Mutam. Matim. Mutam. She, okay, it could be. But he's not a Tzalcelei like us, and he's a But the Torah is Balti by Jewish. I remember sitting there, the Rav, you know, with the failure. I was a kid, why did you understand failure? To you, you looked at the Rav, the greatest man in the world. You understand what I'm saying? The, now that I was so to study the Rav, the, the Rav, about to publish on the Rav, the major work, the man had so much failure in life and so much frustration, and, you know, and, and, and he rose above it and he was humble. See, failure humbles you, and it's a very important thing in life because schooling turns you into a ball You know, you're a bright guy. You win awards. Yeah, I was the first in my class when I graduated college. Summa cum laude. I found out the Rev graduated University of Berlin. Magna cum laude. Not summa cum laude. You understand? So imagine I'm going around saying, I'm smarter than the Rev. I graduated summa cum laude. He was only magna. I was number one in my class. Hey, school, you know. It builds you up. You're bright, this, that. And and you don't have humility. That's what's bad. No one learns Musa. But life Humbles you, but you have to have resonance. That's what we spoke about earlier. Resilience—you have to be able to bounce back, to rise. This is this is the chutat You have to rise from from Rashi to the Ramban, the the Okay, that's the shvua. Now it's not it's not not matna b'torah It's to show the sincerity, the honesty, the totality, the commitment. That's the shvua. Let me go one step further. Um, Gershon, do me a favor. Uh, in the closet, in the first box, you'll find the tape. Open it and prepare it. I, f- I forgot that we need a tape afterwards, too. The first box, you see? Yeah, and don't take the 60-minute tape. There's one for next week that I need for an, in case I go over. A nine, take a 90. It's the one I need in case I go over 90 minutes. I want to have uh, an additional tape. I, I just want to give the sheer next week without any time pressure. Now, how do we know that a person is shleach? How do we know that a person uh, can be a shliach? Where do we see such a concept? And the Reb said something beautiful. Look into Tanakh. The word malach is used both for a malach, a real angel, and for a ben adam. Where do we see it? Shh, give you one example. There are many examples. Shmuel Aleph, Perik Gimel. Patzuk chapsayin umalach bausholomer mehera ulecha ki pashtu plishtim al haaretz. What does that mean? A malach, not an angel. It means a messenger came to tell Shaul that the plishtim have started war. You have to go. You have to fight. What does it mean? Why do you use the malach for a human being as well? And it's very simple. It teaches us a simple lesson. What is a real malach? A real malach is a shliyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just as a real malach can be a shliyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a human being can be a malach too. The only difference is that a real malach has no but a human being as a malach as loyal and as great as he can be in devotion to his he still has free choice and the Rav said and he went in this is a famous you will recognize it from Chumash from Rashi the Rav says something a little bit different than Rashi here he says this is why we'll understand when the malachim came to Avraham Avinu what they called call them? He called them Anashim. What did he call them, Malachim? He just had Brit Mila. He wasn't eight days old, like Matthew's son. He was much older. He just had Brit Mila, And he was becave. And the angels came to visit him. And there were three angels, and he calls them Anashim. But when those very angels came to Lot, what does Lot call them? Bereshit, Jutet, Pasukalev, Vayabo, Shneha Malachim, Stoma, Be'erib, the two Malachim, and so one already accomplished the shlichut disappeared, two more went on to Stom, and he already calls them, not Anashim, he calls them Malachim. Rashi, of course, Alham Makom, Afam Rashi cites the Medrash Rabba. I'll give you the exact source. If you would have heard the Rev give the Shia, you would appreciate how I give you exact sources, because the Rev never gave exact You know, when he was giving a public Shia, uh, R- Rashi Bit the Medrash, you understand? And then he went further. But it's the Medrash Rabba Parshan Nun Subdivision Gimel. And the Medrash says it's a R- Rashi quotes it, it's the, not Rashi, it's the Medrash Rabba, but you know it from Rashi. <speaking in> Humalachim <Hebrew> to Kuro Malachim. That Avram, that his strength was great, he was called them Malachim. Lot, who of course was on a much lower level, he called them, Avram called them Anashim, But Lot called them Malachim. And what does it mean? What does it mean? What does Rashi mean? What does the Midrash mean? And the Ravs explain so beautifully. This is exactly what we've said. Avram Avinu, that had such power, he was the truest messenger the greatest messenger that God had until that time. He was second ultimately only to Moshe Rabbeinu. He had such powers as the shliach of HaKadosh Baruch He himself was the greatest human slash malach of his time. If that's the case, when he saw real malachim, he wasn't overwhelmed. He didn't fall to the floor. It's like a dole Israel greeting another God will be But... Lot already wasn't a great shliach. Lot already looked at stone and Gemara, looked at the gambling looked at the casinos looked at the houses of ill repute looked at the way they lived he was attracted listen like many of our so called orthodox Jews living outside of Israel and he was attracted to all this so you can see already as much as he was the nephew of Avram Avinu and Avram did influence him you know the Ramban I don't have time now but Avram did influence him he wasn't entirely a bad character load but nevertheless he wasn't the same type of Malach the same type of Shliach like Avram Avinu and when he saw a real Malachim he was overwhelmed analogy a will be Yisrael walks in Hamon Ha'am take a Shul the people have gathered from Machna Yehuda that Davening Mincha Rav walks in they surge to kiss his hand it doesn't have to be Rav Avadja Rav David Yosef Rav Yaakov Yosef They'll surge to kiss his hand. Rav Yaakov Yosef, walking among the they'll greet him, but they won't be overwhelmed because they're accustomed to such individuals. That's the pshat in the Medrash Rabbah, and that's the pshat in Shlichot. Okay, we're now ready. We won't finish. The next part is, is by far the most moving. But wow, look what we've done so far. We finished up the Tchelet. We finished up the Arab Shabbos. We finished up the Sadi Nin Hametsuya And And then we went into the Shvua. Why the embryo was to Torah. Ah, we said a whole. You someone, I don't know whether you mentioned it or your, fa- or your father at the Brit. Why the Malach spends all the months teaching Torah? To, 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 didn't you talk about it? Who spoke about it? Did I hear it at your Brit? Did I hear it at a different Brit? Very recently someone spoke about the child learning with the Malach for nine months. Or was it who spoke? Rabbi Bina spoke. Someone mentioned it. Someone mentioned it. Uh, excuse me, Rabbi Polak, perhaps Rabbi Polak. Fine. Someone mentioned it, and and and. Ach, the Rav just tied that up. What it means, and what the shvuah means, and the shlichut, and beginning life, and Avram Avinu. and Eliezer, Avraham, and the loyalty to the shlichut, and try your best, and we were create at a certain time. Aini Kadaib the from Rav Avram Cohen Cook, and why the malach stage by stage. And now we come. Look what we've achieved. We're on such a high level, we've raised ourselves so much above the crowd. What did we say? That Daniel Yalkut is a Shliach of Akadish Hu. And if he's a Shliach of Akadish Hu, it's because he can be like a Baruch Hu. Elokim. The Shliach has to be like the Mashalaya Khatem Gamatem, the Gammaran kedushin Can't make a guy. Gershon can't make a guy a shliach to take off Trumatna Maistrat from his fields. However, with all this analogy, with all the analogy that a person can be a shliach Baruch Hu, nevertheless there are four basic differences between God making man a shliach and man making man a shliach. Four basic differences that reflect the frailty and difficulty of human existence. And let's begin with the first difference. Alavi, we should finish it today. First difference. Whenever I appoint a shliach, the concept of shliach, this is in Mishpat, whenever I appoint the shliach, the shliach must tell him exactly what the must tell him exactly what he wants the shliach to do for him. Shlichot must be spelled out. If it's not spelled out, there's no shlichot. There's no power of attorney. You have to spell it out. Even a power of attorney, those of you who are lawyers know, a power of attorney has to be spelled out. I give permission to go to my bank account, to write checks, to take out money, to put in money, to receive checks in my name. You literally spell out a shliach to buy a house. I've already bought homes for people who live in Chutzlairetziah. I was a shliach, the ketav shlichud has to spell out, I authorize Rabbi Aaron Rakeffer to buy this house, to take out a mortgage, to sign the papers. His hand is like my hand, his signature obligates me. It has to be absolutely spelled out. Otherwise, the Schlicher is not chal. I can't just go over to someone, hey, David Blum is a great guy. David, I want you to be my Schlich. No big deal. What does it mean, shlich? Shlich to go teach him Maria? Shlich to, to go to the cult on Friday night? Shlich to buy a, 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 a mariv and Erev Shabbos? What does it mean to be my shlich? You have to delineate it. It has to be spelled out. However, but for the shlich of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu never spells it out. Lehefech. Time to time, God will change the shlichot. He wants something else out of you. Times have changed. Life has changed. And God wants you to fulfill. He's shifting gears. He needs you for something else. And a human being has to have that ability to go on fulfilling the shlichot and, and to decipher what God wants out of him. No one ever knows what the real shlichot is. And a human being has to constantly live with the tension that he is haunted by one piercing, probing, difficult question. What does God want out of me? Why am I here in this world? Why was I created, as we said before, where I've cooked, at this time, at this moment? We don't know. And we don't have a black and white answer. Because of this, Chazal already tell us, of what? We never know what God really wants out of us. And we have to be careful, even with minor matters, like major matters. Because who knows, maybe that minor matter is our shlichot more than the major matter. And here, I'll end off with this. The Rav came to the famous Dusham. I cannot tell you how these words changed my whole life. Yushami in Kedushin Aleph Subdivision Zion In the standard one volume edition It's Daph Aleph Column 2 Amuda Bet In the one volume edition But otherwise you'll find it Aleph subdivision They say Halacha Zion But I don't know why people say Halacha Zion With Yushami, it should be subdivision Zion It's not a Halacha Because it deals with everything Gemara tells a Meridic story that Rabbi Tafin gave his mother unbelievable covet. The great Rabbi Tafin, the great Tana, the Rebbe of Reb Kive of Rebbe Akiva. That his mother went out on Shabbat, ladies wear fancy shoes, I've often noticed, uh, I always admire a woman And I've seen many women that are smart. They don't wear fancy shoes. They wear sneakers. They walk. They dance. They go to a wedding. I knew a woman over 90. She's already dead. It was Irwin Shapiro's mother. She went to a wedding. She wore sneakers to dance. A woman was 90, 91 dancing. The smartest woman in the world. My wife said, if she can do it, I can do it. I said, absolutely. I don't know, I can't say, I guess I get sick when I see these women, they're walking to the them. I, 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 I picked up a couple at the Hilton, and she was wearing high heels. I guess it's forbidden for a fancy lady who's very famous to walk out without high heels. I had to walk on, I was dropped dead. I had to take three steps forward and four steps back, so I shouldn't go too far ahead of her. So evidently, Rabbi Topin's mother had on a fancy shoe. And as she's walking with the shoe the shoe rips on Shabbat and falls off. And Rabbi Tafman put his hands on the floor, lay down one hand, walk mama, walk on this hand, the other hand, walk on this, walk on this, walk on this, walk on this. Until she got back to the house, she never had to put her bare foot on the floor where there was rocks and stones and pebbles. This was the covered. Rabbi Taufman, Kadosh Elyon, tana. Gave his mother, and then the Gemara goes on. One time, the Gemara uses the words. <laughs> what a koyokan is! I have no idea, but knowing some of the shoes my wife wears, it probably was like a chalisa shoe that you tie up and you shmay up, and it's fancy and dancy, and it just fell apart on Shabbat. And he gave her this tremendous comfort. And then, one time the Chachamim came in to visit him. And his mother comes out and she starts shouting and crying, My son is very sick. You see how critically ill he is. Rabbi Tafin has pneumonia. And she says, Pray for him. He gave me such tremendous covet. Deserves to live. And they said to her, What are you talking about? What covet? And she told them the story. And they said to her, Mrs. Tafin, Rabbi Tafin's mother, even if your son gave you a thousand and a thousand times more cover than this, he didn't equal any, even didn't even equal one half of the cover he owes you. Unbelievable gemara. word by word Yerushalmi. The Rav said to Bal Ymusar ask? "What's going on here?" The mother's absolutely right. Shmot 12, pasuk you'd bet every kid knows. Kibbut Aviayim, kabeita dwi Mecha nimechanu, l'man yarichin yamechal adamasham shematachanot einlach. Kibbut Aviayim gets a rich a gemim. The mother's absolutely right. Pray for him. How can God take him away? Look at this kibar aviyang. You all know how he became an api chorus. It's a similar story. Here it has to be Arika Jamim. Give him everything. Pray for him. It's a wonderful question. Why did the Hacham Makkah, why did they say, we're not going to pray for him for that reason? He didn't even do one 100,000. Show me one person in this room that put his hands on the floor that his mother should walk on his fingers so she shouldn't have to touch the pebbles and the rocks. And the Rav said so beautifully, no, I have the answer. I have the answer. Know what the Rav said? No one knows what their shlichut is in life. That shlichot can change from moment to moment. Rabbi Tafin probably viewed himself as the great Rosh Shiva, as the great Tana. This is probably the way he viewed himself. When the Chachamim heard the story, they were frightened stiff. Maybe that's not his goal in life. Maybe that's not his... Main shlichot. Maybe his main shlichot was to be an example of Kivar Aviyem. They heard the story. was overwhelming. No one else had ever done such Kivar Aviyem from the time of Priyat Olam until this moment. If that's his main role in life, then Chas V'chalila, what did the Gemara say? You fulfilled your shlichot. God has a right to call you back. The Chachamim turned to his mother. He didn't even do one one hundred thousand. He's wrong. His shlichet was not to be rabbi Tafen the Rebbe. His shlichet was to be Rabbi Tafin the Dugma of Kiber Aviyem. The Dorei Dorot. As long as Jews will walk the face of the earth, they will cite this Yudhoshami and cite this story. He didn't even do one hundred thousand. Has v'chalila. Don't stop boasting about what he did. Didn't do enough. Has to do more. God has to keep him alive. That's the pshat in the Gemara. That's the way the Rav touched it up. And that's the difference. Shlichot Adam, la Adam, man for a man, it has to be spelled out, defined. It has to be exact. Can't be left to chance. Shlichot no one in this room knows what their main in life is. And you have to be big enough and great enough to shift gears. And that's what the hachomim yelled and shouted, don't boast about your son. He didn't do enough didn't do one one hundred thousandth of what he has to do. We need him for so many more years. Don't start boasting now about his kibbutz And I want to be moidula Kaddish Baruch Hu. These words of Rabbi were the most important words I ever heard from the Rav. In all the years I sat before him. You know my life story? There's no rabbinate. Rosh Hashiva. Taught so much Torah. Then I got that call from the Mossad, 1980. What I did in Russia, what God privileged me to do, a little Bronx boy. My publications. What I stand on the verge of now, Baruch Hashem. And with it all, I've achieved nothing. But I had that ability to shift gears. I don't know what the Kaddish Baruch Hu I'm not finished, I hope he'll give me more. But you have to have that ability. The Rav taught me that. That and that me, that Uptachin. Could you imagine the mother, she walked on his hands. Start boasting, start feeling you achieved the ultimate. One 100,000. Got to go further. Keep him alive. He's a shliach. He took a shvua. He took an oath. He's a malach. Got to keep him going. To reiterate. Okay. Powerful. Next week is like this too. I mean, it's just meredict. The rough here, on a practical level, just the chinuch element. I mean, children, they hear this. Of course, a kid of, of eight may not appreciate, but a kid of 14 already can understand this. A kid of 13 can understand this already. To appreciate, to ask the Rav. Oh. Ayy, Rabbi, thank you. Okay, so what did we do today? We we uh, fir- First of all, we finished out the Talit Metsuyet Set, the Trele, the Sadinim, uh, the Gemara, and Shabbos, the Gemara, the Gemara. See, that's why the Rav had all that affinity for Hasidat. Because when I was a kid, see, when the Rebbe said to us, I'll tell you the difference between me and my Rebbe, my Chabad Rebbe says, A few minutes before Lichbenshing, we're busy helping our wives, you know, the fathers, of minute Yisrael, that the man prepares the candles for the woman to light, and they're rushing, they're looking at the clock, the Rebbe was describing himself. And he said, but my Rebbe, the, you know, Rebbe Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Reisberg, his Rebbe, the Chabadnik, and in Haslavich, he said, Shabbos, after 12, went to mikvah, came back, but put on his strimu, his bekesha, sat down and said, you already felt the Kedushat Shabbat hours before the Litvak was ready for lichbenching. See, when I heard that as a kid, I could never be anti hasidic Understand it? it it, it, it purified you. You could never be. You can never, you know. Used to Rabbi relic, used to poke fun of the Hasidim and laugh at them. And, and Rabbi Noach Bornstein once wanted to kill me. I made a terrible mistake. I told him I went to La- Chabad for Shabbos. I went to Lubavitch for Shabbos. It was like raising a red flag in front of a bull. Rabbi Noach let me have it. You know, he washed the floor with me. Chabad, Chabadsky, the Rebbe and Klarethnes. You know, that uh, I could never be that way. It's the Rav. And that description of his Rebbe was the Gemara. Understand? That was the Gemara in Shabbos that we worked on an hour ago. Okay. So and so from there we went into the Gemara Nida. We dealt with the prenatal, which is a meredic vart, And we went into the whole Shvua, Eliezer, Everett, Avraham, and the Shlichut, Vakadish, Baruch And then Rav Avraham Yitzchak, cooks Kuk, when we're born at a certain time, and nevertheless we have to be humble, etc., and then we went into the heart, the four big differences. We did one difference, a very important difference. Shlikat shifts gears. we have to be big enough to respond. Atkan, uh, do me a favor, take out that tape and put in the next tape. Just let me just let me write where we're